And we're back again with another hockey podcast. Mike here with Jeff as always. Uh, it's actually been, believe it or not, two weeks since we last podcasted. I don't think we got on last week. Um, you know what? Maybe that's why the Flyers have been playing like complete dog shit. Let's start with that theory. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there. This is just for off the bat. This is this is going to oh, be God. outside of our usual way we start of this any league wide stuff that we want to talk about or just mm. at head. It's going to be pretty much all flyers based. I know pretty much all these podcasts are in a way, but this one's really kind of split off it up. Really split it up, talking about other teams and then maybe a little flyers here and there. But this one's specifically going to be about flyers. Ninety five percent flyers. If you're not interested in the flyers, don't want to hear our thoughts about the flyers, or you know, don't want to hear the heartbreak about the flyers, um, then maybe this is the podcast for you. But if you did want to, you know, something to cheer you up, um, check out our Underachievers podcast YouTube page because our most recent uh, video that came out earlier today was Brian sharing his. Uh, story of getting his iPhone. Uh, and that was a one. doozy. And you should want to stick to the end of it because there is a potential worst of the worst moment in that video. I'll just leave it at that. But if you wanted to watch that, it's on our Underachievers podcast YouTube page. Is it me? No, it's not It's not really anything we did. It was, remember okay. that one part when it's beeping? There's some baby behind baps. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Just just okay. make sure it wasn't me. All right. Anyway, um, well, let's let's get Anyways, started. Back into the hockey and doing this podcast. So, yeah, let's start it off how we usually do. Uh, Jeff, I believe yes. you have your stat head. Um, I don't want to read some of these stats because they're going to make me like really depressed. But yeah, yesterday's top performers. I mean, oh, wait, anyone just real quick. Sorry, just for people who aren't necessarily maybe listen to this for the first oh, time yes, or maybe you, not necessarily uh, familiar or not necessarily familiar where you're getting this. Uh, where are you getting these stat heads from? It is from the wonderful website, hockeyreference.com. I've been reading these stat heads every single one of our mm-hmm. podcasts. So huge shout out to hockeyreference.com. One during, of the best, during the season, during one of the best go-to hockey sites for stats mm-hmm. and everything else you might need to know. So huge thanks to those guys and shout out there um, again, and the stat head for this who aren't familiar is, uh, you know, the, from the night before, um, yesterday's top performers, yesterday's in, in for players and skater wise and goalies, the scores, um, any other additional stats, and uh, you know, some occasionally debuts, standings, and also some some milestones. We had a huge one to kick it off yesterday, as Alexander Ovechkin. I actually don't believe it was mentioned on here somehow. I got to make sure. Because it was the night before. Oh, it was the night before. Damn it. Um, but it happened. Well, no, because it, it, it was, I thought it was last night. Um, Two nights ago, he passed Phil Esposito. Okay. It, oh, man, Jesus. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. So two nights ago, uh, Alexander Veskin officially passed Phil Esposito sixth all time for goals scored. Um, and now... He is at, let's see, let me bring it up, 718. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, so he will. He only needs 13 more goals this year alone, which he'll easily do, to tie Marcel Dion and simply 14 to pass him for fifth all time. Now, obviously, the question is, will he ever pass 
Wayne Gretzky. Um, Wayne Gretzky has scored in his entire career, which is 1,487 games, uh, which is, believe it or not, uh, in order for Ovechkin to really compare, he only needs to play 310 more NHL games. Um, but for Gretzky, he scored 894 goals in the NHL and with Ovechkin's um, 718, Ovechkin needs 176 more goals in his career to tie Gretzky in 177 to pass him. Um, obviously, everyone's been predicting it left and right. Do you think it's possible? It's, it's going to happen. Do you think he is, is that a yes or just, no? I know it's. I know it's a yes or no thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think he will it's eventually, simple, maybe. But again, he's 35, and he appears to be on the same track as Tom Brady, where he's just not going to, you know, slow this down with true. age. Yeah, he, but, he put in 48 goals last year. What's going to be interesting is, believe it or not, after the season, he is a UFA, Alexander Ovechkin. Yes. So it's then going to be how many years after this contract he's currently on will he play? Yeah. By the way, um, early prediction: OV to the Flyers. I mean, it's not unlikely. If it was, say, even five, six years ago, watching mm. the Capitals when everyone was telling them to strip the C. Yeah. I mean, he probably could have left then. But even Yager, who's what second on that list all-time goal scorers, he was on multiple teams. Um. Yeah. But I think he likes it in Washington, so I doubt. No, he move, he definitely but... does. It, and and then that's the thing, like all these all time great players, like you know Crosby, like Ovechkin, even though they're on rival teams, I love it when players, um, you know, playing out on one team their entire career. Something about that is just so. Mm-hmm. It's becoming refreshing. less of a thing these days. It, it is. It, it, it's very. It's again pretty damn rare to see nowadays. And it is, I, but I, I also don't it. mind it because I feel like that's also the player going. Do I feel a fit here, and what do I actually yeah. want my career to be? Like, is it just to be, oh, I want to make as much money as possible, which is obviously likely. Is it, I want to win as many cups, many ranks as possible. Uh, Every player is going to be different of what they really want. Obviously, the main goal is to, you know, win the cup. But there's also perks and other things that go around with it, obviously. As the NHL has kind of grown in popularity as a sport and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, contracts have kind of been getting more and more expensive. Yes. Uh, one price. last quick thing about Ovechkin here. So if he currently, he scored his 12th goal the other night. If he scores um, 36 more goals and tying his uh, goal amount last year with 48, he can pass not only Marcel Dion, but Brett Hull as well, mm-hmm. as he would only then be. Um, I think it's going to be really close. He's definitely going to be second. It's going to be close. It's going to be about... But let's um, also put this out just into the zeitgeist or whatever. If Yager wouldn't wouldn't have left the NHL, he would be... He probably could have been number one. Yeah, he he left. So Yager is up there with 766. So I'll put it this way. Depending on how many goals... Again, if the Vets can, can score... Again, 48 this year. He, by the and end believe of the it year, or not, Yager, who is 49, have, yeah. is still playing. Yes. In the Czech um, League. 
Ovechkin there was a had, long has, span. would have 754 goals if he top if he ties what he scored last year at 48 goals, and that means he would only be 12 goals away from time, from tying Yager, who's third all time. Yager is third with 766. Um, Gordy Howe 801, of course. Wayne Gretzky 894. Yeah, because if those who aren't very familiar at least that era or Yager after the 07 08 season, she left and then it come back until 11 12 when he went to the Flyers, Flyers. which also fun fact, your fun fact of the day, or, you know, maybe fun fact. um, There was a potential that Ed Snyder also wanted to bring Eric Lundros back on that same year, just because Yager was doing so as well after the um, alumni game or whatever. That there was a potential that he might he might have wanted to bring back Lenderos. Which I mean that would have been weird. But again, there was a little really span weird. there where he didn't play. He didn't put up obviously monstrous numbers or anything, but it could have also I mean, he played. put up 60, 70 points for the Flyers his only year there, which is impressive. Fifty four points. Fifty four. And this is your hard prior, hole had seventy two points. Okay, I guess he didn't play horribly in those. So in that 08-09 season in the KHL, he put up 53 points, putting up 25 goals. Uh, that 09-10 season, he put up 42 points, 22 goals. And then that last year, 10-11, 19 goals, but 50 points. Yeah. So Nice. Um, back to the sad header here real Sorry. quick. As a cutoff and tangent, as always. And believe right, it so- or not, yeah. um, Sorry, one last thing. This isn't the catch-up, but um, in one of the Czech leagues in the nineteen twenty season, he put up twenty nine points and uh, put up fifteen goals for a forty eight year old. That's extremely impressive in the KHL. Oh, not the KHL. That's a Czech league. I'm sorry, Czech but either way, so, for him to be able to do that at forty eight, yeah, that's nuts. Um, Unfortunately, some of yesterday's top performers were part of the 9 nothing dismantling of the Flyers for the Rangers. Mika Zibanejad clearly leading the way. Three goals, three assists, with six up. points. Yeah. Pavel Buchnevic, four points, two goals, two assists. Kyle Connor, two goals there. Uh, Van Akeem put up three points, uh, along with Shea Theodore in that crazy victory for Vegas over the, gold, over the uh, Sharks. Um, a goal and two assists for a comedy team as well. Tyson Barry for Evans had four assists. That's nuts. Um, Thatcher Demko, 30 saves on 32 total shots, a 0.938 save percentage there. Um, 33 saves for Connor Hellbuck, 0.91 save, one, excuse me, 0.917 save percentage, three goals allowed in Winnipeg scheme there. Edmonton, they dominated uh, Calgary 7 to 3. Uh, again, Nugent, I'm sorry, I'm not Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Tyson Berry dishing out four assists. McDavid also put on three points himself, including gold. McDavid's now up to 18th on the year. Lindholm, Backlund, and Johnny Hockey all scoring for Calgary. 4 to 1 LA over the St. Louis Blues. Mike Hoffman, the lone goal for the Blues. Uh, obviously, the Rangers dismantling the Flyers. Now, nothing. We're going to skip right past that. Uh, but we will talk a little bit about that game more a little later, unfortunately. Um, again, just to talk about and Maybe break not down necessarily the, that game, but just the fires. not not the game, but the fires of late and what 
could yeah. hopefully change. Um, for Vancouver, they won 3-2 in a good uh, game there. It's a nice shootout. Um, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser leading the way for Vancouver, 15th for Besser and 13th for Horvat. Ryan Dezingle and Norris for Ottawa. Um, Vegas, again, like I mentioned, that crazy 5-4 game. Uh, two fights from unlikely players. It was Tomas Hurdle um, and uh, the captain, Mark Stone for Vegas. You had also oh, Logan Couture, the, the Sharks captain, and so and someone else who doesn't fight often for Vegas go dish him out. And then last but not least, Winnipeg 4-3 in overtime. Um, Nikolai Ehlers looks like he got the game winner or possible game winner. Kyle Connor got two. Uh, Tyler Toffoli now is 18 on the year for Montreal. Do you think the Canucks miss him? Probably. Um, yeah, so that's some stuff there. Let's see here. Yesterday's debut, Philip Gustafson for Ottawa. Um, no goals allowed on eight saves. Mm-hmm. And that is the stat head. Uh, plenty of games going on tonight. Boston and Buffalo, Columbus, Carolina, Florida, Nashville, Pittsburgh, New Jersey. Unfortunately, the Flyers have to play again tonight uh, against the Islanders this time. Uh, they are without Captain uh, Anders Lee, who's out for the rest of the season. He's going to have to have surgery, I believe, on his shoulder. Or no, I'm sorry, not no. shoulder. Uh, on his knee. Uh, I think it was on his knee. Uh, Chicago and Tampa, Dallas, Detroit, Minnesota, Colorado, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Arizona, Anaheim. Also, happy birthday to um, Kimo Tiemann and former Flyer turns 46 today. And hard to believe, but not really. Zidane Chara turns 44. He's still playing in the NHL, of course. Uh, Guy LePoint, a Hall of Famer for the Montreal Canadiens, turns 73. Corey Schneider turns 35 today. And Guy Carbonet, another Hall of Famer, turns 61. So happy birthday to you fellas out there. And let's break down the Flyers. And yeah. Yeah. But before that, I'm just kind of looking, just glancing over this, just the standings in general before we jump into our sadness. Um, it looks like Vancouver kind of came up a little bit in that in the Canadian division, and which which is good for. I know Thatcher Demko is leading the way. Yeah, after they've had a lot of struggles at the beginning, so um, they're only two points out from Montreal. Which again, a lot of people have. They're two points out from Montreal. Yeah, Montreal's. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Believe it or not, they actually have more wins than uh, Montreal, but Montreal has eight overtime losses. Yikes. Believe it or not, this is crazy. Um, in that division, they have the second least amount of wins, Montreal. Only above Ottawa. Wow. Edmonton has the same amount of regulation losses at 13 as Montreal does wins 13. And they have yet Edmonton to lose in uh, overtime or shootout. They are, I believe, the one team that has yet to do that. Yep, they are. Crazy to think about, but it's hard to believe this far into a season, 32 games played, that you haven't had at least one overtime loss. Overtime slash shootout, but still the same. That, that's that's pretty crazy. I, I don't get how teams can do that. I don't know either, but I mean, must be nice. Yeah, it must be. Anyways, um, 
Yeah. We, we've been stalling because we don't want to really talk about this about next second. We don't really want to talk about this next second. Do you know it's hard second. to believe, although how awful the Flyers have been, they're four and six in the last ten. They're only mm-hmm. three points out of uh, behind Boston, six points behind the Penguins. For because four. Boston has struggled to smash. They've been four points. Uh, the Caps have won six in a row, nine and one. Same thing mm-hmm. with the Islanders, nine and one. They've just lost uh, their first game in against. I guess they went on nine game winning streak, which is nuts. Yes, they did. Pittsburgh seven and three in their last ten, losing one. Um, no, I think they actually won on like eleven. Buffalo's <laughs> oh nine and one. I love it. <laughs> oh, they, I forgot they also fired their head coach Ralph Kruger uh, just the other day. Yes, took so that was some news there. And sadly, they're only th- they have three less losses than the uh, New Jersey Devils. Hmm. Yeah. No wins. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I I, I know. You're Regardless. Nah, Anyways, so now to what we were. Let's get this over with. Also, this is just the reason why it's all flyers is because. On our deep dive series, we are up to Philadelphia. So even though we it's a Philadelphia kind of podcast, Flyers-wise, um, we do still do it for this one. But we're going to do it differently than how we've done every other one, just because in this case, we can actually go deeper in a sense than some of these other teams, because this is obviously the team we follow. So because of that, we can put a little more insight, as much as we really can, on uh, this team's struggles and everything. Um, and the way we're going to think about doing it is kind of breaking up in three ways because if you talk to any, you know, Philadelphia fan, they have their idea of what the Flyers are struggling with and everything. So we're going to break it down uh, from management, the coaching, and the players kind of way. And not just on the Flyers, by the way. That includes the Lehigh Valley Phantoms who are kicking ass right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're going to save that for like the players kind of aspect. Just yes. some of their struggles here or struggles here and there, what they could do differently that can maybe bounce flyers into, you know, relevancy again and or to even remotely like the team they were last season or whatever. Because um, it's weird because I'm just going to start it off just as, the, as a whole. It seems like to me this flyers team this is where the season has been. It's like they haven't gotten out of that Islander series from the playoffs that they got eliminated from. Like they've squeaked by wins at the beginning. Like even at the beginning of the season, they weren't playing well, but they were getting the results. Like they were always, they were constantly getting, getting outplayed. They were constantly right. getting outshot. They, they weren't um, hustling for the puck. They weren't yeah. winning the battles up against the boards, but they were um, getting timely yeah. goals and, they were actually getting, you know, benefited by the hockey gods. And now the hockey gods are like, all right, I gave you enough of a bone. It's time for you to suck. It's time for you to suck. Uh, the unfortunate thing was the COVID kind of, the little two-week span where they had the little COVID outbreak, uh, which caused them to miss a couple of games, which has kind of caused them to have this busy march and everything. So because of that, it's a little bit of why maybe the struggles, but to start it out, there's a lot because we we're about a month away from the trade deadline in the NHL because of the season and everything. The trade deadline obviously got pushed back. So mm. because of that, it is now going to be, you know, in late April. I forget what the actual date is because the 27th of April. For what? I'm sorry. The NHL trade deadline. Oh, no, it's April 12th, my friend. Oh, uh, 12th. So we're a little yeah. less than a month away. Sorry. 
So because of that, obviously more trade rumors and everything have been spiraling. So let's actually take a look back to not just that, but because I know people are putting a lot of flame on Chuck Fletcher. I kind of have a little bit too. So kind of transitioning a bit to the management side of what we're going to break down. So since being hired a couple of seasons back now, he still hasn't really blown up the team any. The only real high value player he traded away was Wayne Simmons, and which in all and, sense, and again, he didn't he, even get that much back in return. It's that, and also, it's also in hindsight, probably a good trick because Wayne Simmons has kind of trod off a bit since that time. Injuries have kind of played a role in that, but he hasn't been the player he was when he was on the Flyers. So, right, sense, but, it was but actually, here's my thing when, when Chuck Fletcher came in, he was in a very tough spot right away. Um, Ron, he had replaced Ron Hextel, and also he, to be fair, he gave to give him credit, he did give Dave Hextel a chance to try to fix the team and coach. That didn't happen. Took a week or so, not even he got the boot as well. Um, he came in, and again, the first mate he made with the Flyers. Let me actually go to his trades here. Um, let me go back. Da, 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 da. He had traded. Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way: his first real trade. He, he made a couple minor trades. His first real trade was Wayne Simmons to the Nashville Predators, um, also shaving off three point nine seven five mil cap hit for um, Philadelphia. They did um, retain some salary there, eight hundred seventy five thousand. Or no, I'm sorry, they got the Sorry, they didn't retain anything. They got rid of that contract. They got Ryan Hartman in a conditional fourth round pick. Um, the condition was to upgrade it to 2023 round pick if Nashville won one round in 2018 19 playoffs. They did not. They lost in the first round against Dallas. So he received a fourth round pick, which the pick was used to draft Timo Nickel, but I don't even believe he was drafted by us. Um, He's currently with the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, there you go. Um, um, yeah. yeah, one of his best trades was later in June. Actually, two of his best trades. He traded a fifth-round pick for the rights of Kevin Hayes, which, let's be honest, turned out pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. He then traded Raka Gudis um, and retained 30% of his salary for Matt Niskanen, and that was a huge, huge win there despite it being, unfortunately, a one-year you know, kind of trade because right. one behold, but they're obviously hoping, hoping for more, but which again, it, it shocked everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt and getting retired during the off season, which no one was expecting. Um, this one at the time, I really liked the trade. I did agree that we gave out way too much for him, but I liked it at the time, a second and a third round pick for Justin Braun. But then I, the more I thought, I'm like, well, I actually yeah. really hate this. Um, I will give him the benefit of that doubt here. Last season, actually in season, he played okay. He was actually a good defenseman last season. It wasn't towards like the latter half of the season where he started to struggle, especially in the playoffs. But I can make that same argument for Matt Niskanen. The whole time while we had Matt Niskanen, he played great. But when the bubble came around, which wasn't just him too, it seemed like all the veterans kind of took a little while to get their feet going. Neskinen was one of them. Yeah. Um, and then 
the Flyers in the 2019 NHL draft actually had the 11th overall pick, which is pretty dang high for them. Um, they actually dropped down three spots because they traded with the Arizona Coyotes. They still got their guy, Cam York. But on top of that, you've got to give Chuck Fletcher a wild card here. They acquired a second-round pick. I believe um, they didn't have a second round pick then. So they yeah, because they they traded their original second round pick to San Jose as part of the Justin yeah. Braun deal, and then, um, yeah, let's see. Oh, this this is in my opinion an underrated trade. He traded Ryan Hartman, who he had originally acquired, um, for to the Dallas Stars for Todd Pitt, like and got that a was a really good fourth line. He had yeah, those he, moments he had a very solid one year with the Flyers, but again, a very very solid year. And everything else there. And then you have last season's trade acquisition, yes. which I think uh, on air during our trade deadline special. Uh, the we Thompson one. thrilled with them. That, I think the we Der- like, I think, okay. I think the Derek Grant one we were a little okay with more just because the fourth line center that could in that season he was providing offense. So in that sense, yeah. we were okay with that one. It was the Nate Thompson one. We were both like, eh, yeah. especially me. I was like, eh. oh, but and then th- this is actually so the fourth round pick we were wondering earlier how it ended up going to the Ducks uh, for, was, as far as the conditional yes. pick for uh, for Ryan Hartman. This is where I ended up. The Flyers traded Kyle Crisolo, uh, who's an HL guy, in a fourth round pick, uh, which again was from that Ryan Hartman deal for Derek Grant. Yes. And everything else since then has been kind of minor. Yes. Nothing really dealt done this past offseason. Some more draft and yes. draft moves. But one yep. thing that hasn't really happened was so I he wasn't really busy this off season. He wasn't. Um he um, re-signed Phil what? Myers, uh, Nolan Patrick. The only big move he um, he had, unfortunately, his hands were tied. He had re-signed Justin Braun. Um, Especially, it was more so just because they lost Niskanen. Yeah. Which, yeah, that came out to a surprise for everyone. Maybe that's why you see at least. You can make an argument for why there's a little struggle there. I kind of figured there'd be a little more hatred towards. Yeah, um, they did sign... Eric Gustafson, who's turned out to be kind of a huge waste of time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was excited for the Flyers to, uh, you know, I, again, see there's a lot of moves Chuck Fletcher has made, three of them <sighs> that I can name off the top of my head Ryan Hartman, Nate Thompson, and Eric Gustafson, in which I was like, uh, at the time. And yeah, I, one I, those things I, like, I, for one, I'm going to give him the benefit of the yeah. doubt, but I'm not very high on this. And then, yeah. Ryan Hartman's first game, great. After that, plummet. Yeah, unfortunately, Hartman didn't do too well here in Philly in a short time here. Um, I, for one, I, I like his game. I, I would always welcome him on any team if I was a GM. Um, because he he he's playing much better um, now currently in Minnesota. Yeah, he, he's been playing probably one of the best he might have played so far in his Still rather young career. He's 25 or 26 only. Um, he was actually a late uh, first-round pick, 30th overall in the NHL. Um, 2015, the year the Blackhawks if, – if it wasn't 15, it was 2013, the year – no, it was 2013, sorry. The year the Blackhawks won the Cup, um, 30th overall. And 
Uh, he was a hometown Chicago kid. He was excited, and uh, you know, and, and I actually was watched his NHL debut live, or not his debut. Sorry, I, I got to see him score his first career NHL goal live on TV, which is pretty neat. But and he, he looked explosive that game against Nashville. And before I knew it, they shipped him off to Nashville. And before I knew it, Nashville shipped him off to um, us. But again, it is what it is. They shipped him off here because he wasn't really producing much, hoping yeah. for a new home or whatever they would do it. Yeah, Myers wasn't this is already, I think, like his fifth team in the NHL, Chicago, Nashville, us, technically Dallas. Yep. And then he signed with um, Minnesota. Yes. So theoretically, it's his fifth. So, yes. A, but, lot of the uh, sign, a lot of the moves he made this past offseason was re-signings, but mm-hmm. he didn't. It's similar to, believe it or not, uh, Ron Hextall's last year. And that that offseason, you're hoping he would make a bigger splash, but all he really did was bring in JVR, which right now it's great because he's playing really well and everything, but it didn't really address some needs they needed. And that season, it was goaltending. And this season, the defense seems to be very amiss, especially since I'll put it to this sense because I know Philadelphia fans were very thrilled of how that Eagle season went. Um, this past season, it's pretty much uh, Ivan Provorov, even though he hasn't played great here and there, he has pretty much been the Jason Kelsey of the uh, Eagles offensive line last season, which pretty much every game it's been, he is with someone else. And yeah, Provorov is a great, a good defenseman, but he's not at this level yet where he can do it on himself, all on his own. He needs some comparable defender with him, not a revolving door. And unfortunately, no one on this team so far has really taken that realm, taken that step to be, okay, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that number one guy. It started maybe thinking, oh, maybe it'll be Phil Myers, but Phil Myers hasn't really panned out to be that because... Yeah, it's been a little frustrating this year for Phil Myers and Travis Sanheim as well have been pretty disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Um, I actually, was however, say, a lot of people were saying they, they would not make, they would not mind making Sanheim expendable. Um, see, I agree. I disagree. Cause to me at times, I feel like Sanheim has been the more consistent out of our defensemen, even though he's had iffy moments here and there. Sure. But, for a bad defensive core, I feel like him and Provorov have kind of been the more consistent mm-hmm. of the defensemen. Even though I think some stats have shown that Braun has actually not played horribly this year. Uh, even though the eye test appears to be differently because he gets turned around constantly. There's definitely about bad things happening yeah. here and there. But you can put it at Chuck Fletcher here where he didn't really address that issue, which realistically you thought well how big of a loss is Matt Niskanen but apparently it's apparently a very big loss. loss because not only was Matt not that Matt Niskanen was like this great defenseman he was a solid defenseman of what mm. he was able to do but he was also a leader so he could teach and mentor Provorov while he was there and because of that Provorov was able to relax and to not have so much pressure on him yeah and the game just came naturally to him at that point but this year I think people were probably thinking he'd regressed again, but I think it's just because of the revolving door next to him and just everything else. 
He uh, doesn't but, have a consistent defensive partner. You can't. Yeah. Sure, he hasn't looked his best, but at the same time, you can't completely blame him for having an awful year. Chuck Fletcher has said that it takes, especially this past offseason, takes two sides to make a deal. Sure. Yeah. But you're telling me you couldn't give the contract that Brody got from the Maple Leafs to bring him over here? Because to me, because I'm even I don't think I don't know how much you're really talking to Brody, you're probably more so talking to his agent. Your pitch should not just be okay. Would you rather obviously it's Toronto? So a lot of people, especially Canadian, want to play for a team like Toronto or whatever because it's a Canadian team. Um, but the spiel you can put or to try to lure people into Philadelphia is also one, they had the cap, some yep. cap space yeah. to be able to pay, but also we unlike some of these other teams may give you a better chance at actually going for a cup. If your goal is to win a ring, we could maybe be that team that could help. You could help us. Not only that, that but the huge bonus is again, for a guy like TJ Brody, for me, he's a top four defenseman easily. No Mm -hmm. doubt about it. However, on a lot of player teams, rosters, depending on which roster they're on, he might unfortunately not be able to crack their top four, you know, lineup because I again, they're, they have the a lot of, you know, well, no, I'm saying with the flyers, he can easily. But my point is if, if I was Chuck Fletcher talking to his agents and Hey, you know, look, TJ, you know, I think you're a great defenseman. We would love to have you. Now on that, we can guarantee you top four minutes, if not even from time to time, a lot on the top pair line with Ivan. necessarily completely guarantee you, but we can, Almost guarantee you a playoff spot. If not, maybe yes. what you saw this past season, we went farther than Toronto. This is very true. And not only that, you're a win away from the conference finals, which mm-hmm. hasn't happened Again, since that's 2010. Just a since they last Chuck the Fletcher, similar to how obviously college recruiters do for like college football or something like that. Mm-hmm. See that you, we may give you a good chance if your goal is to, you know, win a championship or be the star guy. We got it. If you want to be in a big city, it's Philadelphia. I know some guys kind of yeah. crack under that pressure. Panarin seems yeah. to be the one guy that the Rangers get that didn't do that yet, yeah. which I don't think is going to be. But, <laughs> anyways, back to the fire. So, what can Chuck Fletcher now do to try to right the ship? Is it just to hold strong and hopefully this is just little little rough patches the flyers are in or is it one of those things where this season so much the last season just throw an asterisk on just because of how difficult it is not saying this is an issue for the flyers or mm. maybe an issue or whatever eh, i'll save it for when i talk to the players because it fits more so then uh but maybe you move. I know I've always, because we text constantly about getting at home, and obviously he's the highest. Mateus. Yeah, probably the best defenseman out there you can maybe get at the deadline. But I'm kind of biased on that because I've been a Ekholm fan since they went to the cup finals a couple of seasons back. And I've always liked that defense. And if we could get outcome, that's just one of those things that I would just enjoy. Not only that, like, he's not as old as people think he's. I mean, he's no, in an unbelievable contract. He so is. the and, time is now to get him. Yeah. Especially if Nashville is well, completely. It is, you know, but it's one of those things where it's kind of yeah. early on in terms of getting the deals out there 
what you want for this player. And obviously at the moment it's going to be very high price or whatever, but the flyers do have pieces to kind of sell off. Because realistically, Chuck Fletcher has been another Ron Hextall. Because he's been another guy who's like, we can do it with the team we have, with the uh, talent that's coming up. We can still do it with this team we have. But I still think in order to get that next level, I still think you need to bring someone in. Absolutely. Uh, and, and again, that's it always saying, comes down it doesn't to just have to be willing to like, give I would, up. I would love to get Ekholm if you can, but obviously there's a yeah. huge headache there in terms of what you do uh, expansion-wise and who you protect if you do three defensemen or four. Another you- thing that you could always consider is a rare three-way team trade to really get the piece that you want. That's what I would do if I was Chuck Fletcher. And I know a lot of I'm people are lie. kind of turned off I by that just that- because of how Riley Smith and everything <clears throat> kind of panned out for the – Vegas coming from Florida. I know there's that kind of issue where it's like, I don't want to have another situation like that happen, but I would seriously consider it. If you're really that worried about it. I'll I'll, I'll put it this way. A couple of years ago, the Colorado Avalanche, they made out like bandits when they traded Matt Duchesne. I'll I'll bring up that trade. And um, just again, just so people can understand. Now, obviously, you know, um, you know, depending on what the trade is and everything uh, for certain, uh, you know, for who's trading who and who's involved in trade, what assets you have to give up. But um, for Matt Duchesne, he had a lot of value and there's no doubt about it. And they They probably still have some value. I'm sure he's might be on the market too. Yes. And not only that, but the Colorado avalanche made out like bandits. So the full trade was, let me bring up here. So, Ottawa acquired Matt Deshane and Julius Bergman. Nashville acquired Kyle Turris. Here's what the Colorado Avalanche acquired, and this is all split up between what they acquired from the Senators and what they acquired from Nashville. From the Senators, they acquired Andrew Hammond, Shane Bowers, a former first-round pick. A first-round pick in 2019 was sure out to be Bowen Byram, a third-round pick in 2019 to turn to be Matthew Seinberg. Um, that's from... Ottawa from Nashville side, Samuel Gerard, who's one of their better defensemen now, a second round pick in Vlasov coming of. And um, yeah, they made out like bandits. Now I'm not saying that one team's going to have to give up four assets. And I'm not saying Nashville's going to get seven pieces in a trade with a three-way team. You know, you never know what you have to offer, but the point is though, if you're really desperate to try to get a guy and and I can realistically see not only one three-way team trade, but multiple three-way team trades at this year's deadline to make deals work because of cap issues, especially with you know COVID going on and everything, and also the cap not getting raised at all, really. There could be a couple three-way team trades, and one of them I would predict would be between the Philadelphia Flyers, um, Nashville Predators, and honestly, I hate to even say this, but there's a chance with the Boston Bruins as well in there. I don't know what what team would have to offer what because I know it's no secret that the Bruins are hurting on defense. As um, are we. As are we. And uh, again, both the are in the why... running for Matthias Ekholm. They lost out on on uh, Petrangelo. They lost Tori Krug and they lost Zaydan Chara. 
So if they don't go after someone like Echo, they could still be involved with the defenseman from Nashville as well. Or again, depending on what we have to offer, never hurts to ask what we got. I mean, yes, we're only we're in the same division, but that's only this year. Yes, we have rivals and everything. We we wouldn't make a trade with Boston. You never. never I've seen. I've seen. It's it's going to be a pick or a uh, setting Zach Ronaldo for draft picks. That's what it's going to be. That's my favorite. Hey, hey, you you never know. I'm I'm now not saying the Flyers would trade a defenseman to the Bruins. I'm saying again, it could be a pick, but. Those three teams are likely to be involved in some kind of trade. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying just mm-hmm. it's possibility. See, I I think if you're talking about expansion and you're worried about what happens then, I think then you make a deal with Seattle. Because to me, I think that's just the best deal or best way to do it. That's not as much of a headache. It gets a headache, but it's like, okay. Because either way, I think you're going to have issues with how you go about doing this. Or in terms of the deadline, or the all See, those moves, anyway. So many questions, though. It, it's you obviously it's a have, huge headache. Yeah, yeah. We have already have guys who have no move clause and everything. Um, obviously, there's a couple guys here and there that aren't eligible for it. I think Farabee's not eligible for it. Thank God. No. Um, but Phil Myers and Sandheim and Provorov, those three are. So if you bring in Ekholm or anyone else for that matter, it's got to be either you got to protect them or potentially be okay with, or you do four and you leave out Drew or someone. Right. Because it's really, it's really difficult. So I think the best way is simply just to make a deal. In my case, I still think my guess is still going to be Scott Lawton. I think it's Lawton that's going over. And I think I think it's a very realistic possibility, and and um, I think it's definitely a good time to kind of transition into that expansion draft area now. If if you're we're still Mike. on the Chuck Fletcher kind of thing, Chuck Fletcher thing. Yes. Bit, but, and again, yeah. we haven't really really dove deep enough into the coaches and players yet, which we will. Again, it's a lot to dissect though. Um, but really quickly here for expansion wise, let me sorry, grab my. And the chargers over there. Hold on. Sorry. I, I got to get my laptop charger, my laptop sign. <laughs> um, anyways, but anyway, goes to that. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm back. Uh, but no, so for, for expansion wise, though, um, you have to be careful on like what all it is you want to give up because, again, for a mistake, I call them no. If the Flyers go out and get them, and potentially, as you've seen from a, uh, a great trade rumor, um, possibly Victor Arvidsson as well, which would be a steal of a trade if they can get them. Now, I I can't remember. I, I got to look up their names because uh, I want to give them the full credit that they came out with this trade rumor talking. first. No, it was not Broad Street Hockey. It actually came up with the rumor first. Um Oh, they were the ones that said they were preliminary talks. Yeah, it, it was a huge debate and everything, but um, it was Russ Joy for um, the Snow the Goalie at Flyers podcast, him and Anthony Sanfilippo. Um, on their podcast, they mentioned that the, their, you know something that they heard was um, what was this? 
that it would be at home in Arvidsson to Philadelphia for Gossespierre, Gustafson, and draft picks. Now, nothing's close, but the conversations have begun. Now, if you're if you're the Flyers, you would give up two roster spots, you know, a defenseman for a defenseman, but that second defenseman, you know, is for, is Gustafson is gone, and Arvidsson, you would have to then clear up another. Because there's two ways to do it for the expansion draft. There is the seven three. Uh, it's it, seven, it's a three, very confused. It, it's it is seven three one. Okay, so it's a seven three one. Actually, I have it right here. Duh. It's a seven three one method. Um, you can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, which is what the Flyers will most likely do. Um, Charlie O'Connor tweet, and this is part of the most up to date expansion draft mock draft for the Seattle Kraken for uh, from. December 2020. Um, here are the players for each position who are protected and unprotected. Protected Claude Drew, Kevin Hayes, obviously no, no move trade clauses or no move clauses at all. Sean Couture, Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, Nolan Patrick, Jake Voracek, Joel Farabee, and Morgan Frost are exempt. So G through Vor- Drew, uh, Drew through Voracek, those are your seven forwards. Um, your three defensemen, Provorov, Shanghai Myers, are protected, leaving Gossett, Bear, Braun, and Haig unprotected. The forwards unprotected are JVR and, and Nicholas Albuquerque. The lone goalie, obviously, Carter Hart. Um, that leaves Celix Sandstrom available. So, uh, assuming that uh, Brian Elliott is no longer with the Flyers. Because uh, I think is he just, is he is one year left or, or is he an expiring contract or is he says initially they here? both have expiring contracts. Okay, there you go. Um, but regardless, though, that's the seven three one method right there for the Flyers that Charlie Connor thinks is going to happen, and and he thinks Goss Spirit will be the player who gets picked. Um, I disagree. I think, I think honestly, I, I think Goss Spirit is going to get traded uh, again. He could be a part of that huge at home deal that we might see happen. Um, I don't know. Cause again, let's be honest, uh, ghost, he's been playing much, much better with a lot of confidence. He has, he's been putting up points. Not only that, but he's been scoring goals, which is great to see from an offensive defenseman like him. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's gonna. It's one of those headaches every team has to go through, and I think that's why maybe you don't see any really early trades happening yet because it's like, okay, well, if we trade this guy, then we're gonna have to either protect someone else or risk losing someone else that we feel is a little more vital. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about Flyers since James. I'm just talking about right. everyone's sense. Um, because even when you talked about talked to uh, uh. Uh, Weber on our, a couple podcasts ago, he was even saying for the Nashville that it would be Ekholm that would probably be yeah. taken. So again, it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't think you should necessarily care, but it's like you you should try to do something, and you don't even have to do that big of a splash because you could easily just try to get another defenseman similar skill set to Niskanen because I don't think you need necessarily just a star set a defenseman like Ekholm Ekholm would be great but maybe you can get someone maybe not as expensive but still just as reliable top four 
that can be comparable to Provorov and can kind of, you know, ease things back there. Um, mm-hmm. It has a little bit of veteran or leadership and Tim hit quality in him that maybe Provorov can learn off of anything like that. Because there's going to be guys out there. And the thing that was great about that Nikolin trade and what Chuck Fletcher has done so far is that he hasn't made big splashes yet. Everything he's done no. that's worked out for the Flyers has been little things. Yeah. So it's up to him to be if, if he's ready to make that splash or what. Because I think at the moment he's got to start letting that match to get that fuse going there. But enough about... There's a, there's a lot of different opportunities. Yeah. Enough about that. Let's move on to the coaching. Yeah. And everything. Elaine uh, um, so, Vigneault, Mike Gill, and Michelle Therrien is the quote unquote um, tri- uh, three headed monster that we saw last year. There's times where they were phenomenal. Obviously, AV's the head coach. That power play has never looked great with Michelle. Yeah, and Mike Yo is power play coach. Um, I like Mike, Mike Yo as an assistant coach. You said yeah. Um, Mike Yo, I, I like him as a coach, and March specifically as an assistant coach. It's time to either switch him to PK, where he would be better, or no, I thought that was Michelle. Oh, Terry shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. I lied. Um, you complain yeah, about Terry all the time ignorant. about the power play. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Um, but so this year, unlike last year, because the even though the Flyers power play has kind of picked it up a bit, a lot of that has to do with Ghost actually kind of finding his game again, which yeah. is one of the few bright spots of this Flyers team, um, which he's setting again, which I don't necessarily get because I think he's a better defenseman than Gustafson is. But I get the sense that him and Prosser aren't a great pair together, but Prosser also right. isn't a great defenseman either. The, the, here's the other issue, the only issue I have. The only other issue is that you don't want Fletcher to put really Gustafson him. These coaches, and again, uh, into players, he has a lot of former ties with these guys. Mike Yo used to be the he- head coach in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Michelle Terrian, I don't know where he came from besides just Montreal and Pittsburgh, but still, um, you know, uh, Nate Prosser, he used to be in Minnesota last year. Chris Stewart used to be in Minnesota. There's a lot of guys where, again, I'm fine with second chances and everything and, and whatnot, but it's t- – it's time when, when when a lot of teams pass up on the same people over and over again. There's a reason for it, and again, I you gotta give a credit to Chuck Fletcher for saying, "Hey, I trust this guy. I like him a lot. Give him credit. I mean, the guy, he's a fantastic, you know, GM and human being. That's he's another a wonderful thing too. Guy. What's good about him is that, but he it's realized- time to kind of move on and get some fresh faces in here. Not necessarily who's never been in the organization, but one who you've never worked with." Especially if they don't, ha- if their track records aren't as positive as they once yeah. were. Plus, you lost Friedman, which, I mean, yeah. Friedman wasn't the best either, but but he's better than we currently have for some. Yeah. And the other thing for Fletcher there too, not just the fact that they were together, but he has really made it clear that he, the thing that really has made it the teams that have won is the teams that have most amount of depth 
as one. So he's tried to get as many kind of depth defensemen. Now the Flyers haven't had too many injuries, not going to wood, thankfully, um, to the blue line. So you never really have to go that deep towards that defensiveness because don't you still have what's his face? This year? Don't we have his what's his face? He's what's his he's face? On the, he's on the uh, taxi squad. Not Schlemko. You're not talking about Moran, right? No. I am talking about Puglia. What, what, what's his... Derek oh, yeah, Puglia, yeah. Hell, bring pools up. I don't care. He's speed. He can shoot and score the freaking puck. Yeah. That's just another guy <sighs> I just put in there that they wanted to f- focus on kind of depth defensively. Um, but back to Elaine Vigneault and those coaches, and Piaschen brought up a good point in some of that, and that with the Flyers' struggles, you kind of hope because obviously – Elaine Vigneault, early the season, got his 700th win as a head coach, which is great and everything. And he's brought two teams to conference finals. He's never won. But Stanley Cup finals. Stanley Cup finals. Yes. Thank you. Um, But I got you, AV. These guys have the experience. It's those things like, well, we brought in a good coach and everything, not only to be good in these moments to bring you to the next level and everything to bring the best out of you, but also to get you out of ruts. So you're not losing 10 games in a row again, like you were doing a couple seasons back when you were kind of in the rebuild stage. When you were under Hackstall and Hackstall and you were either a very streaky team. Like that was the one thing that happened there. And the whole thing we talked about that was always mentioned last year with the Flyers is the amount of experience they have behind the bench. Yeah, Terrian might not be the best, you know, a power play coach, in my opinion, but and yo know, last year did great with the power, PK. This year hasn't really panned it, panned out, but they all had times being head coaches. They've all got experience. They should be the group you want to try to get them out of this little funk they're in. That's just a matter of what they do. Right. And I think at the moment it's because for the last I feel like month now the top six has been the same. And I think it's time to change it. I think it's time to kind of change it. And not necessarily completely blow it up. And I was texting you earlier, I think last week, a couple days ago. I forget when. And I was at work. Some point. (laughs) Yeah. But I was kind of thinking about like lines and defense combo combinations just to try to get at least for one game just to try something. And I think because I feel like there's a couple of guys that could use a little... um, session with Dr. Uh, Sean Couturier. Um, and I feel like Dr. Coots. You, I don't think it's going to hurt if you took JVR and Farabee off that first line because I don't think at the moment they're first line guys. Yeah, they're hot and they've been pretty much putting up the whole offense in terms of goals this season for the Flyers. It's just that in terms of shutting down top line people, I don't necessarily trust that line. Farabee is getting better no. at it, but I don't think it's not necessarily fair, but it's one of those things where I don't know if I really think it's great to you know go up against top people because Panarin, they're barely able to shut them down. 
Right, and and, that and I don't even say nightmare. take him out of the top six because earlier in the no. season they were doing well. He's with been Slaughton literally at the one of the Flyers' best players. So I think at the moment, just for a game, I would try just these lines. I would try just to throw these guys out there: Couturier, Drew, Forchuk for your top top line. Yeah, I think I also just think so, just because at least in terms of facing the Islanders in these next three games, I feel like that's a good potential line that can kind of maybe keep Barzell at bay a bit. Yeah. And it's not just the, the defense that's been struggling that you can just blame it on. The forwards also have to take some credibility yeah. for why that struggle there. Um, Carter Hart also has to play better too because you can't keep relying on no, Elliot because Elliot's he's either going to start struggling, which he has, or he's going to get hurt. That's why you would really like yeah. it if Hart was... By the way, I want to cover some stats here with you, Whitmer. Yes. Um, couple, two, you know, two players I want to bring up, actually three players I want to bring up who've been playing great and a lot better than what people realize more than they already know they've been playing great. For Scott Lawton, he raised 15 points this year in 24 games, including seven goals. He only needs six more to tie his career high, and this is in 24 games. Uh, last year, he had 27-49. year before that, uh, his career high of 32 points in 82 games. So, Honestly, at the rate he's going, he's going to have career highs this year in every category, which would be great. Um, so that's one player. The second player, Joel Farabee, easily has been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, 24 points, career high in goals and assists, 12 apiece. Um, sorry, goals. I mean, uh, he's 13 assists for his career high, but he already has 24 points already. Again, career highs, very young NHL career. He got 21 points last year in 52 games. He's already up to 24 in just 26 this year. A huge leap for him this year. He's been playing great. Last but not least, the guy who's already at 29 points, leading the Flyers, 13 goals, 16 assists, James Van Riemsdyk, who uh, last year put up 40 and his first year back in Philadelphia, 48. So, and they were both in 66 games. So he's going to obviously play in less games this year because it's only 50, up to, what, 56, 59 like games that. or so. Uh, one of the two uh, for Philadelphia. Uh, I think the reason season, of course. But why... he only needs 11 more points before he tops 40 again. So he's been playing yeah. outstanding lately. I agree. But that's why I don't th- – because I think JVR and Fairby have great – uh, great confidence with our uh, chemistry with one another through the, throughout this year. And I don't think those two should be separated. So for a game, I would try them just with Kevin Hayes, just, just mm-hmm. on the top six. And I think that's, I think that why those two have worked so well is because believe it or not, there's, even though they flyers have had the struggles for years and no more so than this year, the ability to pass instead of shoot. And those two have been, not necessarily shoot first, but they've been the ones that have shot and it's actually worked out for them. Um, yeah. And because of that, you f- do have a little lack of goal scoring in terms of goals, not necessarily points. Because uh, Drew, Vorchek, and Couturier and Hayes are still putting up some points here and there. I just mostly on the assist front. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a good line. Then third line, you just throw, I put... Uh, TK, uh, Lawton, and Patrick. I'm, I don't really care who's centering, whether it's Patrick or Lawton. And then that fourth line, which I 
I don't know what the best line there is, but I guess for a game, I don't even know anymore. Raffle. I really, really don't. Abe Kubel. Yeah. Um, also, keep in mind, and this is something we haven't mentioned yet, Robert Haig is out two yes. to four weeks with a shoulder injury, mm-hmm. and he's placed on injured reserve. Alex Lyon, Nate Prosser, and Carson Torinsky all were called from the taxi squad. I would expect Prosser and Torinsky to play in tonight's game. Yeah. I don't so, know what to do with the D pairs. The D pairs are just nothing's really working. So for me, I'm sure I'm probably wrong stat wise, but I feel like the more consistent defensemen have been Sandheim and Proberov in terms of actually not pl- being completely terrible. Um, and I know you don't want to because they're both left defensemen or uh, whatever. They're both kind of playing on the same side, and they like that kind of lefty, righty. But if you say you bring in Eklund, you're going to have to deal with that anyways. So might as well try it. And I know during that little COVID outbreak they had, those two kind of were forced to be together. But I would try maybe that for a game, because everyone else has had a second chance with Provorov at the top pair, except for Sandheim, I feel. So then maybe you do Ghost Myers and while Hag's out, Braun Gustafson. It's not great, but it's something. And then I just start Carter Hart. I think this is something he's going to have to try to play through his struggles, which the one good thing, and I know a lot of Flyers players or, or Flyers fans, sorry, are on Carter Hart for his <laughs> kind of struggles and everything. I think we kind of moved not on. Not only on Carter Hart, but on... Oof, everyone basically not named Joel Farabee and surprisingly James and Reamsdike. Mm-hmm. Um, just one last thing on pretty much and everybody. Then we can move on to the players themselves. Um, yeah. I think he should, should utilize that timeout a little more. Because yeah, I feel like he, he, he outside a, after that Pittsburgh game where he called that timeout early because the Flyers started off awful, but they came back at one. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really called his timeout since then when he really mystically could have said, all right, he's got to call this timeout or something just to regroup and not necessarily that would change things. But I feel like he's got to be a little more involved. Uh, yeah. Intermissions, you got that time to regroup and everything, but he's got to take on some of the blame and to try to get the best out of these guys some way. Um, I agree. And one thing before I get to the players themselves, something I was about to mention earlier in the podcast, which I feel better now because this team I'd feel like just doesn't have an identity right now. They're they missing something. They don't have their fight and grit. I'm not just saying grit in terms of hitting people because someone had, I forget who tweeted this out and I completely agree with what they were saying. That it was, are you talking about? Uh, it was saying that the Flyers didn't have grit and that grit didn't necessarily mean fighting or hitting people or anything like that. It's no, board battles. Much. It's four checking. It's that stuff. It's net front presence. Not and they're not playing with any heart right now. They look like they uh, just are a bled team right now. And, and that's what you see is what you get. And so what I thought you were talking about, I'm going to say is someone earlier tweeted out. Um, oh, this is a while ago. This is like a week ago when this person tweeted. Oh, okay. Someone earlier today tweeted out, if not yesterday, if not uh, today, um, that during the infamous Flyers Capitals line brawl where Ray, uh, you know, the late Ray Emery, you know, went after Braden Holby, they were down seven nothing. Emery had enough, and he went down all the way at the end of the ice and beat the living crap of Holby. Now, granted, 
hope he wasn't part of that fight and he didn't really want to be involved with that fight understandable but Embry, he was pissed off and he showed it and and you know it 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 went you know goes to show that like we're still you know, lining no, let's get him get that grip back <laughs> even though you're down by a lot it doesn't matter like you gotta show something you know yeah and, and also it's not just one, that's, yeah, they're not ahead. really even standing up for one another either like there's been no, like exactly. i thought it was going to change after the first rangers game because there was the one hit on drew drew which... now and, and i could be wrong but it looked like a knee on knee hit I, I i'm probably wrong i can tell i didn't see the i just saw the initial replay but oh it was ugly yeah, but either way, you had both Patrick and Vorcha kind of stand up for him, and I thought maybe after nice. that moment, you, I thought, oh, maybe this is going to be the time when the fire sharks are going to start getting that kind of chemistry again, or yeah. just that team like effort or whatever you want to call it to just get back to what they were last year. And just there's not even that much that's changed since last season to this season outside of Niskanen not being here. After that deadline, those guys and Pitlick are all gone. But it's realistically the same team. So it's like, what's the issue? Is it just as simple as these guys? Your skin is on here. That's not that. It's that's a good. No, no, I, I, I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying, like, of all and the know, a lot of it also was Oscar Lemblom going through his cancer treatment, and that was a big spark for yeah. this team. Yeah. But I wonder if one huge spark or one problem is. These guys aren't as, not necessarily close, but as around each other as much because of COVID protocols and everything. You can only see yeah. each other really when you're practicing, boring skates, stuff like that. But realistically, you don't really have that time, not necessarily bonding, but that close net kind of ability to gain. And when you do have these meetings, it's through like this, through Zoom, it's video meetings. So I wonder if that, in a way, kind of, has been and you're not wrong because again last year Kevin Hayes said not even two weeks into the season or even really the being in Philadelphia closest. it was the tightest team he's ever been on it which is great and again you're really missing that team chemistry bonding you know events on and off the ice and, and team I, dinners everything I, I like that I don't think you can throw that um, out I as think a that plays a lot of the bigger factor than people realize yeah I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities it's probably some of the struggles you see on ice and maybe chemistry yeah. stuff like that um one but, tweet i want to bring up here from bill Meltzer, who yeah. and again this of all the players that he tweeted about it this shows like ex- exactly what you know you would expect during the debacle of the 2006-2007 season the, the dear franchise history normally sunny disposition simone gagne of all players Ripped into some nonchalant teammates with a show some effing pride. Current team isn't one that doesn't care, but competitive uh, this level tonight was unacceptable. Obviously, from last night, but still, you get the point. I can tell you exactly who could be that on the Flyers, and I don't think I think you would agree with me. And you're probably thinking the same name, Jake Forcheck. I actually was not, but. You know, you're, you're right. Because, again, we have seen his fiery side for Jake, and he can get in a very pissed off mood. And the only reason why I say that is he's he, angry. Yeah, he, he, you know, people listen. They, mm-hmm. they, they shut their mouths, and they pay attention. We, one thing we have said, though, over the last several weeks now is call up a player from the fans, like Zade Wisdom. I don't care he's anything. He's been red hot. Maybe even, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know if he's ready or not, but Max Millen, he's been laying up in the AHL. 
as well. And um, it never hurts to give these guys a chance just to get some new blood in there. Uh, you know, an NHL mm-hmm. debut. No, no one else gets more. You know, obviously, a rookie gets excited for an NHL debut. They're never so, but you know, it gets the boys fired up. You know, like let, let's let's freaking go and um, you know let, let's show up and get this guy a victory exactly. in his, and that's why know, I think get him a, a point whole... you know give him a victory or a solo rookie lap let's see something to get this team going again and they're not showing anything they're not showing any freaking heart at all it's embarrassing yeah and realistically that's why i say it's a whole team effort for trying to get this out of it from chuck fletcher mm-hmm. onto guys in the phantoms if there's a guy hot in the phantoms chuck fletcher call him up Elaine Van Yoke, putting him in a situation to succeed. I know one thing that, not that it would have been a big difference, but Margaret Frost getting hurt, even though he is a forward. And that, I think um, he would have a much easier time if he wasn't out for the year. Uh, I also again, think like, there were probably, there were, time obviously, right now. they were obviously hoping for more from Zamula. I know if coming out of camp, they thought he might be a guy that can steal a spot. But the thing with that is that they felt like he wasn't quite ready up for the NHL, so that made sense. Yeah. But it's up to these guys, at least any of them, to step up. Someone's got to like that fuse yeah. that gets this team going. Yeah, literally. Um, Max Moman has eight points, ten games, sixth in the goals. Zed Wisdom, even said this, ten points in twelve games with six goals. I think I texted you this last night. There's Even Greg Pouliot has six points in nine games. He's a freaking defenseman. There's always, I feel like some game that, not necessarily a game or something that starts kicking guys and or getting them in the right way. I know one thing you always bring up is that Eagles run where they got fucking destroyed in one game, and they kind of took that learning experience and they kind of you know, you know the rest of the story. They yeah. won the Super Bowl. Yes. I wonder if this is another kind of thing because this is a gut punch gut punch of a loss that they yeah. just had and i wonder if because of that it's one of those things that's enough to get them going again because i'm sure there was probably a players meeting after that game if there hasn't been already a bunch one thousand percent i mean how can there everyone's not be? just airing out grievances everyone shout everyone just you know freak out at one another get all with that it, now and then you move forward and then at some point, you just hope you get out of it. Because every team, I feel like, so far this season has had that little struggle. Flyers are going through it now. Bruins are kind of going through it now, even though there's this more so injury-based, too, with their struggles. And also, my fun, favorite thing is that they don't have depth scoring. Um, the Islanders started off the year struggling, and they're now on fire, or were on fire. They just lost a game, but still... Capitals started off the year kind of struggling. They're coming off to possibly being the team that wins its division, maybe. Again, some of these teams at different times are going to struggle. It's just what you do to get out of them. And right now, it's going to take everyone to get out of it. Hmm. Not just kind of money. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said there. And, um, you know, and it will take an entire team effort to get these guys going again. Yeah, that's all you can really say. And you, as Flyers fans, you hope for it. If you're not a fan of the Flyers, you're enjoying it. If you're a Penguins fan, if you're a Capitals fan, you're enjoying the struggles or Devils fan. Yeah. You didn't catch my, you didn't catch my joke. I said Devils fan. Uh, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. You're funny. Thank you. 
that made me that made me happy now. Mm-hmm. Well, if you really want to be happy, you can watch that video we posted earlier today. Anyways, that's where you can rebound after listening to us kind of talk about this disappointing Flyers team, which realistically on paper is a playoff team. They're just not playing like it. So hopefully they come out of it. I hope they do. This is a huge series. I really hope that they do. I doubt it's going to happen, but if they were to sweep, that at least keeps three or six potential points away from the Capitol or Islanders, at least towards your end. Yeah. So they're only that, three points behind the Bruins, so yeah. that helps. So hopefully something gets them going again, and you'll be sure we'll be there on the whole way, the whole ride this season. So with that, I think that's all we got for today. Until next Tuesday for next Underachievers, the next time we do this. We'll see.